Hey, uh, again. Hey, Job, what's up? Uh, it's fucking cold outside. That it is. What's the degrees? It's negative fuck me degrees outside. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're in the Midwest. And goddamn, does it fucking suck. We're in the we Midwest. We got hit by what's... Yeah, we're technically in the Midwest. That's what's called a polar vortex hitting our dumb asses this week. Ohio's the Midwest? Yes. It's very east. It's Midwest. It's like almost we're so east. We're at the east. edge of the Midwest. It's like... We're like the middle bitch between the Midwest and the Northeast. It should be the Mideast. The Mideast. Yeah, the Middle East. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's the opposite kind of temperature, though. Uh, yeah, we're technically the Midwest. We're in uh, North Arctic, Ohio. Right. Which uh, sucks. Uh, the weather is bipolar. Uh, it, it constantly shifts between, like, the coldest shit ever, and then also it'll shift to, like, it's February, but it is raining and it's 50 degrees. Yeah, that's what we're going to see on Monday. So yeah. starting on Wednesday, we got hit by some bullshit. And it was like, with wind chill, like negative, around negative 30 degrees. <laughs> negative 30? Something like that. That's uh, 25 maybe. Uh, you, got, you got a frostbite before that. Not not I during did. that. but uh, Yeah, but I got frostbite on my hand before that. That was yeah. fun. It was yeah. mine. It was very minor, though. So it, I, I, it ended up okay. I went to but, my job and I slipped in the parking lot. And then, like, I kept slipping throughout the course of that day, like, earlier in the week. Just all, just every time I had to walk outside, I <laughs> slipped and almost fell. Imagine that in a slapstick comedy setting. I mean, like... Are you slipping around? It, it's it's not not funny, but it wasn't fun. I don't, I don't know. It felt like the world was made out of banana peels at that time. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how it's felt the past, like, two days. Going into this weekend, it's going to still be cold, but not as cold. But we got hit by the polar bullshit, and it sucked. And yet... Ice Storm, big, big fucko. Ice Storm, Mr. X, bursting in the room, <laughs> ruining your day. And it's really funny, because leading up to this, I work in retail, and everybody fucking panicked leading up to this thing. The Monday and Tuesday... Go buy gas, oh God! Yeah, like, dude, it was fucking nuts. Everybody was panicking. I need and my you, Twizzlers! And you know what happened on Wednesday? Nobody gave a fuck and everybody went out anyway. Yep. Because it's not like you were gonna die. It was just cold. It just sucked. I mean, I lost a windshield wiper out of it. That was fun. Yeah! <laughs> I was, uh, I was hanging out uh, with your brother... And, and you. You were there. I was there. I think. Uh, and we left very late at night, and it was, you know, negative a billion degrees. Uh, very cold. There was a, just a little dusting of snow on my car, so I turned on my windshield wipers, get it off, and then just drove to get the heat going. Uh, it didn't really give a shit. So I forgot that I left the windshield wipers on. I just left them on. And not that I thought that th anything would happen. And then I'm driving down the road, and then this one just goes, boop. And, f like, I can see out of the corner of my vision, it just goes away. <laughs> it, it flies off into the distance. And I went home that night, and I told my dad it happened. And he was like, man, why don't you go get it? And I'm like, dad, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? It's, like, negative 50 out, and you want me to go fucking play in the snow, <laughs> digging for a probably broken windshield wiper oh it freed itself it was your slave and it well, freed itself 
I bought a new one, and now I have two different kinds of windshield wipers on That's my car. That's how we fucking live our lives in, <laughs> in, in Ohio, dude. It looks stupid. Yeah, it was it was a lot of yeah. But nobody gave fuck. Like, everybody went uh went outside when it was like negative seventy five degrees. Right. It was it was it was interesting. Everybody panicked, and then nobody gave a shit. It was really funny to watch. And that's what it's like to live in Ohio. And I'm really glad it's gonna be uh fifty fucking degrees on Monday. That's the weirdest shit. I'm gonna get sick for some reason. It's like a if you count for the wind chill, it's like a fucking like eighty degree difference. The constant fluctuations of weather types does kind of like fuck with my sinuses and shit. Same, I get sick every I time. I hate it. I'm I'm anticipating getting sick Sunday night and a Monday morning. Like, I don't want it to stay zero degrees, but at the same time, I'm gonna get like fucking sick when it's fifty degrees. And I'm gonna be mad. Right. Fuck Ohio. Ohio sucks. Yeah, fuck Ohio. Give me money so I can move. I'm gonna move to Antarctica. Give me some. Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. Yeah. It, it must be getting warmer there. Apparently it was colder in Chicago over the weekend than it was in Antarctica. In the real Midwest, instead yeah. of the baby bitch Midwest where we live. Right. <laughs> Just a state over in the east of the country. Yeah. <laughs> That's the stupidest shit ever. Anyway, how do we end this intro? Oh, I throw myself off a bridge probably when it's negative 85 degrees outside. You'll just slide right off in your car. Don't worry about it. <laughs> So f- I just drive forward okay. in, the, in the in the banana peel existence. In the banana peel in. realm. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh no! Weep. Crash! Boom! Bang! Millions are dead. Or just me. But up, up, but up, up. I just vomited. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate <laughs> it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Get a Jump Show. <laughs> Fuck off. Th- that's Gannu just vomited. What are you leaving that in? I made a noise so that you could know when to edit. You I'm Jump. I'm the one who didn't vomit. God damn it. <laughs> Piece of shit. We do a show where we talk about things you probably care about in a way that you probably don't care about. It's a really good time. Or the opposite. Right. You know, just pick one. At randomly, at random intervals throughout our program. Yeah, whichever one fancies you better at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's flexible. Yeah. How, what what part of us you hate is flexible. Don't just pick one and stick to it. I hate all of it. Same. That's why we do it. So, uh, what is this episode about? <laughs> well, I think we're going to talk about some cool stuff's happened over the last week. Um, main thing, the first thing we're going to talk about is fucking Resident Evil 2 came out. And we Game t- of the year! I'm we, calling it now! Yeah, I'm sure. We were talking about it last week, you know, right leading up to its release. We were getting hype. And it finally dropped, and me and him played the ever-loving fuck out of the it. The hype is justified. I'm going to plat this game, and I'm going to like it. And, I'm uh, going to as well, and I don't plat many games. I, I did get the Platinum Resident Evil 7 as well. I haven't done that yet. I'm just missing a couple. i got to beat it on hard mode. I'm probably going to go back to it as soon as I'm done doing this, because I'm going to be in the mood for that kind of... They're very similar games in a way. Yeah. Similar philosophy, but I mean, that's Resident Evil, I guess. Well, I, I think a good way to describe this game is that it's kind of like a greatest hits of everything that has worked in this franchise. You have, obviously, Resident Evil 2 is the bare bones that you have. The meat and potatoes of this game is they're remaking Resident Evil 2. 
obviously. But you have the philosophy behind the first remake, which is to take that basic game and expand upon it, add shit that was cut, and revamp it for a modern age with better graphics and better acting. (laughs) And better controls. And better controls. And that's where we get the Resident Evil 4 influence because this plays a lot like Resident Evil 4. It's harder because you're not as good as fucking action hero Leon. It actually plays which closer. Is fine. Strangely enough, it actually plays closer to Resident Evil 6. Which plays like Resident Evil 4, but you can run and shoot. Right. Is what I mean. Yeah. Which uh, is fine. Like, thankfully, that you don't have infinite melee to attack zombies with. <laughs> right. Well, that wasn't the problem. Like, I liked the way the movement in Resident Evil 6. It felt very fluid. Yeah. Everything else about that game fucking blew. It wastes its potential. Because right. I think the controls in that game were not its problem. It's just, it's just that's not what Resident Evil is. This understands what Resident Evil is, which is it takes four, but then like four in a lot of ways isn't what Resident Evil is either. It's my favorite game of all time, but it's very different. Right. That's when the series had its big departure. You take that basics and you find a way, like how do we make this scary again? How do we take that control scheme and limit the player in a way that it's survival horror again instead of just an action game? So they do that. And the way that they do that is they look at what 7 did, which is making it more about running away sometimes. <laughs> right. And making it like bringing back the philosophy of the Metroidvania kind of level design Yeah, where that it tends const- to have. You're constantly backtracking. Backtracking to other areas, bringing keys and you know, facing new dangers along the way. It, it In that way, it kind of is like a fusion between, like, Resident Evil 2, Remake, 4, and 7, which are all good ones to fuse together into some kind of m- mutant zombie monster <laughs> that it yeah. is, which is probably the best Resident Evil game ever made. I would I probably. think it is. I uh, think it is, for It's sure. like the best example of the classic formula. That they've ever put together, I think. Yeah, I mean, it takes it takes everything that works about the classic formula, where you have like this big, this, this big sprawling area you go through with like a bunch of bunch of backtracking, a bunch of puzzles. Then it also takes the not fucking dying zombies, which yeah. is great. It's something I liked about the classic Resident Evils, and I'm glad that's back. It was really it's made zombies scary again for like the first time in years for me. Right. Uh, years of watching The Walking Dead have made me not care about them at all. And also playing the later Resident Evil games, too. That, too. You're just mowing them down. They had to come up with other reasons to make the enemies in that game frightening. They had to make them, like, have guns. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Or, like, mutate into, like, bigger fucking creatures. Instead, this entire time, they finally realized, why don't we just make them not die? (laughs) it's, It's kind of interesting. It's, uh... Some people are complaining about that, and I, I, I kind of get complaining about the fact that the main enemy in the game is just a bullet sponge, but I kind of think of it more like when you play Super Metroid, or any Metroid game, when you kill all the enemies in a room and you come back, they're alive again, right? Right. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. That's you, how I look at it. You like, get when you like a... get a zombie out of your way and you shoot him a bunch and then you run past it, you come back, he's still there. Right. You could down him forever, but you got to be good. You got to be lucky and probably waste more ammo than is useful to you in the long run. And that's why you got to kind of every time you enter any room in this game, you have to think 
And that's what makes it a good Resident Evil game. Right. You have to resource manage. You have to manage every single individual little crisis in this game and think about what your actions are going to do down the line to you. Like, yeah, I can shoot this zombie with a shotgun and kill it forever. But then I'm I'm out of shotgun shell. And what if when the boss comes, I need that shotgun shell? You know, now shit you like it. that is what you, is makes this game good. Oh yeah, absolutely. I like the uh, I like the segments they added. Um, when I first, I very much do as well. Yeah, when I first encountered the sewers, which is the main area they added, I uh, well, they expanded upon it a great deal. The sewers was like three rooms in the original, if right? I remember, right? Yeah, so they made this like a whole section. Yeah. Instead of, yeah, instead of just a little basic, you bas- it's basically like a run-through in Resident Evil 2. Right. Uh, in the remake, it's, it's its own individual area in a section of the game. Kind of like the, the technically, se- technically second, but actually third primary section of the game. Yeah. And uh, it's fucking sick. It's, it's really I, crazy. When I first played it, it kind of pissed me off because I couldn't figure out where to go. It's a very, it like melted my brain. It's yeah. a very confusing area to navigate. But then the second time I went through uh, as Claire, I did Leon A, Claire B. Uh, I, I had a much easier time with it, actually, even though B is technically harder. Uh, because knew where to go. I knew what I was doing now. I knew where to go. I knew where the problem areas were and where they weren't. Uh, that's probably the hardest part of the game, though. Uh, they also add a little section called the Orphanage, which is only for Claire, which is mainly just a very small, uh, Sherry Birkin segment of the game. Yeah. Which is fine. It's a very cool, creepy area. You're in there for all of fucking two minutes, Claire. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it, it's pretty much an entirely a Sherry part, which you're still in there for all of five minutes. Right. It's very short, but it's it's really spooky. It's a big, spooky area. And it's got some creepy, terrible lore. Umbrella kills some orphans, everybody. Fuck it. All for experimentation. Yeah, they they take orphans and experiment on them. Hell yeah, fam. It solves a problem, just do it. (laughs) Population problem, just just, just fucking inject them with viruses. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What I... uh, God, I I don't know. I, I feel like this is actually going to be my game of the year. I actually feel that. I was I'm kind of joking. That it's, like, just default game of the year because it's January. Yeah, you got 11 months left, buddy. But think about who I am for a second. Oh, yeah, you're just going to love the Resident Evil game. This game is my game, man. Like, uh, I I think I still like 4 better, but this did just come out. No, I understand. Like, when I, when four I played... Is, yeah, 4 has had, like, 15 years to live in my brain, so... Like, yeah, it was, it was like, May last year, but Yakuza 6 came out. Yeah. And that was my game of the year, and I knew it was my game of the year in, in May. May. And then more shit came out, and you're like, well, whatever still is. Yeah. Right. So I understand. <laughs> it's like, that's my like my favorite game series ever. We'll see what comes out. There's there's a couple things that could maybe edge it out, but I don't think it's stuff that's going to come out this year, actually. Uh, might end up being, depending on what uh, Sony's main outings are later this year, might be a bit of a weaker year, especially with uh, Metric Prime 4 getting pushed, which we were... Hopefully, I didn't think that was year. coming out this year at any point. I was hoping maybe late, and uh, by the sounds of it, they were actually a, a good way into development before they scrapped it. But yeah. uh, well, huh? Yeah, oh, that, well. that's a whole thing. But 
The, I mean, Nintendo still has a strong offering this year. I don't anyway. know enough about any like big games that are coming out this year, because because they're very secretive with release dates for things sometimes. Well, yeah, especially like, Sony we have now. no idea what Death Stranding when that's going to happen. Well, and yeah. It's probably not this year. Sony like, adopted the entire mentality of you will not know when it's coming out until it is basically gone gold. Right. And which is fine because that way you're not like stringing people along. Now, Kingdom Hearts three came out. If you're into that shit. Uh, I, I keep, bought this game instead. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, well, I keep telling myself that I'm not going to play it, but I still want to play it because I was a Kingdom Hearts kid. I'm hearing very positive things about it. There, there was a couple negative reviews, but for the most part, it is extremely positive, well-received. I think you just have to go into that game knowing exactly what you're going to get. You're going to get some some good action RPG gameplay, going through a bunch of Disney levels, which is sick, and then a storyline that makes absolutely no fucking sense. Right. And you have to understand that going in. Right. And that that's the vibe I think I a got. lot of people do. There's been only, you know, approximately 800,000 videos on, like, you know, well, the Kingdom Hearts storyline makes no sense over the past, like, couple weeks from, like, every single YouTuber ever. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty well-known fact that you're going to be in for a, a ride. And, I, and part of me doesn't even care. No, I don't care either. That's uh, the thing. That's what kept – I still played those games. I knew that. By the time it got to, so I, I was playing these games when I was younger on PS2, right? And by the time it got around to like the Nintendo DS one, which is what three, five, eight over two days or whatever it's called. Uh, oh my god, the titles for these games. Yeah, no, it's Oof. fucking stupid. I, I had no fucking clue what was going on still, and that's like the fourth Kingdom Hearts game. Yeah, I had no idea what was going on. I didn't really care. I didn't care I mean, at all. It's 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 it is what it is. There's a lot of shit. Uh, I don't know. I, I it's never been something that I care about or I'm interested in. That's fine. You don't really play that many RPGs anyway. No, I'm not gonna start with Kingdom Hearts. Oh God, no! Please don't. Uh, I actually have played one and two. Very briefly. Oh, okay. Well, the say, beginning part. There's no way you finished them, especially no. Kingdom Hearts one. Well, I think the first one I got to the first Disney World, which is Alice in Wonderland. And then I stopped playing at some point. Probably because it took me so long to get to the Disney World that I was like, is this whole game going to be like this? And then I just stopped. And then the second one, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. There is, If you could look up on YouTube, there's a video that I identify with a lot, which is MC Chris ranting about Kingdom Hearts 2 and how he didn't like it when it came out. This is way back when it did come out, which I believe was 2005. Yes. Which is interesting because history kind of repeated itself. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 2 came out weeks away, or maybe, like, not even a week. Very close release window with Resident Evil 4. Yeah. So, MC Chris talks about how, like, you just keep walking around in this area with all these anime characters, and he's like, Oh, man, I can't wait for the Disney characters to show up, and then it doesn't happen for, like, six hours. And then he's like, Meanwhile, Resident Evil 4, oh, my God, I gotta shoot all this shit. His basic point is that that game takes six hours to start. And Resident Evil 4 throws a bunch of shit at you immediately and is more engaging as a result. Oh, 100%. Resident Evil 4 is a better game than Kingdom Hearts 2. Both, <laughs> both of the mainline Kingdom Hearts games suffer from each a huge issue. It's completely separate. Kingdom Hearts 1 kind of gets, gets to things decently quickly, but the first worlds you can go to, which are Alice in Wonderland and Tarzan, I think it is. I have no idea. Um, are complete fucking messes to navigate. Oh, that's awesome. and it's really deterring. I actually, uh, it took me a little while to beat the first Kingdom Hearts, and I actually uh, 
had Josh tell me what happened, and then I played Kingdom Hearts 2. And I actually beat Kingdom Hearts 2 before I beat the first one. Oh, okay. I, uh, because I gave up quickly in Kingdom Hearts 1. In the Tarzan world, actually. <laughs> uh, I got there, and I literally couldn't figure out where to fucking go. And I got pissed off, and I quit. And I was okay. like, I, why would I play a game where I'm just trying to... I just can't figure out what I'm doing. That might have happened so to me in the it. Alice of Wonderland world, if I'm right. Anywho, uh, my point is, weirdly enough, like, a decade and a half later, we have a weekend where Resident Evil 2 Remake comes out and Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, it's like, what, four days apart? Which is like, you know, obviously there's been Resident Evil games in between that and Kingdom Hearts games in between that, but, like, these are, like, the big new entries for each franchise. About just as many, I think. Yeah, well, in a weird way, even though it went 2-3. Let's, let's see. <laughs> um, let me think here. So, after since Resident Evil 4, you've had, what, 5-6 Revelations, Revelations 2, Operation Raccoon City. 7. Uh, Umbrella Corps. Umbrella Corps. So oh, what, God. That's what, 6 of them? Uh, not counting other, like, remasters and shit. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. The, the Mercenaries on 3DS. I, I get That's not really a game. <laughs> right. Well, then Kingdom Hearts had, after Kingdom Hearts 2, it had the 358 over two days. Um, you had Birth by Sleep. Dream Drop Dream Distance. Drop Distance. You had Recoded. You had the mobile game. <laughs> You had. Uh, I hate that the canon is informed by the mobile game. That's so. The canon is informed by all of these games. All That's of them so should have. Honestly, all of them should have just been numbered. On all different consoles, though. That's why it's confusing, and most people don't know about it. Yeah, uh, like, all all of them should have. They should have just all been fucking numbered titles. Honestly. On Sony system, so people could keep track of it. Right, because they're all important to the fucking story of Kingdom Hearts. Very strange. So like, strange, you strange just kept numbering it. This, this should have been like Kingdom Hearts Eight. It technically is. Right. Um, but I don't know anything about it, and I don't really care. Uh, but, like, at the same time, it having a bad, weird storyline, I can identify with that because I like a lot of franchises that do. Oh, Resident Evil's one of them. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. But, like, so, you know, if the gameplay is good and it makes people have that, you know, nostalgia pee-pee time, uh, <laughs> I, good, good for them. Honestly? Because that's what I'm going with through with Resident Evil 2, and I'm having a good time. With a lot of people, myself included, and the reason I want to play this game, it's just like, it just feels like you gotta. It's like... <laughs> you gotta what? Just play it, because... Oh, yeah. That was my childhood, you know? And, like, the big part of it, well, more like my, my teenage years, right? Mm-hmm. And... All this time was spent, like, in my formative years talking about Kingdom Hearts 3. Remember the teaser at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, and you're like, oh, fuck. And 3 is nowhere near about that, because that was the stuff at the end of Kingdom Hearts 2 was resolved in other games. But, and, and you, you've been sitting there anticipating that game, like, for like half my life, I think? It's one of the most legendary, infamous, like, non-existent 3s. Yeah, and then it happened. And then it happened, yeah. Is Half-Life so like, the next one? No. no. but <laughs> Half-Life's gone. But so now, like, that happened. There's so many people from my generation that want to play it now just because. I have people that are loving it and digging it. I, our friends have been playing it nonstop, basically. Yeah, I have, I have two friends. Well, sorry, three of them, four of them, four people. All well, people I mean, that I knew growing up alongside them were big fans of Kingdom Hearts. We well, share a podcast them, with a couple it. of them. You can name drop. It's fine. Oh, yeah, Corey and Justin. Matt. Justin. Corey and Matt yeah. are two of them. And uh, I have two other friends that got it. And Kuiper is not playing at either of these games. 
He would like Resident Evil 2. I think he would. It's, he should play uh, it. uh, He does have a Twitch channel. He probably should. He would like that game. He should play it. Well, I'm about to murder it, so maybe I'll let people b- borrow uh, it at some point. I got that disc version. I spent 70 bucks on a game. That don't happen a lot for me. I went to the fucking GameStop and dropped 70 bucks. I can't remember the last time I've done that. It was worth it. Uh, at least for, like, a new game. I, mean, I I haven't bought a new game for $60 in, like, years. Maybe Arkham City is the last game that, like, I went to a GameStop, I pre-ordered, and I bought day one. Honestly. I've, I've done, like, 3DS games and shit, but that's, like, that is a $40 Right. That's not the same as dropping well, you also, 60 or 70. You also got into this console generation a lot later. I did because I'm poor. I wouldn't right. have a PS4 if it wasn't for the fact that your brother refurbished a flea market one. That right. was broken. Yeah. So, <laughs> shout outs, thank you. But, like, yeah, um, it's a masterpiece, and I'm very happy with it. Yeah, I think so. I, think I it's... beat Leon and Claire. I think the only playthrough I really have to do still is Leon B. Other than that, I've done all of them. Uh, a weird thing that happened was IGN's review, uh, where they didn't play the whole game. And and at first, I was sympathetic, because I was like, well, maybe they don't tell you it clear enough. And, like, you know. But then I beat Leon A. And as soon as you beat Leon A, it basically just says, Hey! <laughs> In big text on the screen. You you have only played half the story. Played a second run to play the other half of the story. So it makes it about as clear as it possibly can. I don't know what happened that he missed that. I, I don't know. But whatever. <laughs> I'm glad that their review mitt went uh, higher because of it. But that's such a weird thing to happen. I, I would expect... When you're reviewing a game, like, I know that there's pressure to put out that review on time, but, like, how, how did you not play all of the game before you reviewed it? Uh, like, even if you didn't know that that's how that worked, wouldn't you play all the features that were available to you to right. review it? And the same reviewer, I think, I forget the game, but, like, he, he, he gave... Uh, his review for it and he complained about the lack of a final boss or like it felt like there should be but there wasn't and then the developer of the game messaged him and was like yeah that's because you played on easy difficulty you don't get to fight the the last boss on easy difficulty we designed it that way you have to play on medium or higher then you get to fight the true final boss and the reviewer was like no i did play on medium and he's like well no that's literally not how it works guy <laughs> so i don't know Maybe that's just something they should look at and figure out what the fuck's going on. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know. Because yeah. IGN, like, is is a you know is a website that I go to for news, and it's, it's the largest gaming news site in the world. But but that's what it is frequently it becomes the butt of internet jokes nonstop because dumb shit happens, and, just, and you can't prevent a lot you of can't. that. It's such a big organization. So yeah, but it's it's funny how often it happens. Yeah. Two IGNs. There's so many people at IGN, more than any other gaming site in the world. Yep. And so, there you're gonna see it. You're just gonna, and just the fact that it happens at IGN is just a testament to how big it is. Because yeah. I mean, that, those kind of blunders happen like literally everywhere in the industry. 
But because you see it happen to IGN so much, it's just because basically half the fucking people in the media, in, in games media, are at, or at, were at IGN. That's just how it is. Because they, they were just that big at one point, and they still kind of are. Right. So that, that's just what you got to deal with. So, other than that, I'm trying to think if I've been playing anything else. I haven't. <laughs> oh, uh, Piranha Plan dropped in Smash. Yeah, I haven't played him yet. Uh, is he oh, good? I fucking love him. He, no, he's bad. <laughs> but does that? But does that matter in this eighty character game? Absolutely not. Okay. I don't fucking. Who care. the fuck cares if a character is bad? Play him anyway. Oh, I'm absolutely. I'm gonna be a Piranha Plant man, dude. Hell yeah, fam. Uh, he doesn't I look love that him. bad. I've been seeing a lot of videos of people mocking the fact that people think he's bad. It's like, oh, Piranha Plant can't do damage, and then it's just like a bunch of videos of like using the poison move and then just fucking hitting him a bunch and the person's at 100%. Yeah. Well, yeah. Piranha Plant's problem isn't building percentage damage. Piranha Plant's problem is killing. Okay. That's what that's what I'm seeing from it. But we, to get kills of Piranha Plant, you have to do cool shit. Well, that is fun. Exactly. And that's why I love it so much. Oh, no. A character in a fighting game is fun? What? A couple little neat tidbits about Piranha Plant. Um, yeah, there's, there's a poison move where you charge a little poison cloud. You, you can charge it by holding this forward B, right? Yeah. And you release it, it goes into one area. It doesn't do any kind of knockback or anything like that, but it does an ass ton of damage. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool, interesting move. His down B, you go into the pot and you start charging up. And you can use a control stick and you can tilt the pot in any direction. Oh, hell yeah. And when yeah. you release it, it extends out and chomps. And, and that's the move I've been seeing the most of. It's fun. That's basically a secondary kill move. And you could do, like, some sick fucking offstage angles with that shit. Because when you do it in the air, it suspends you. In the air. So you could do it, aim it, and kill somebody while they're offstage using it. You're also armored in it. So people could hit you with moves. You'll take the percentage damage, but you won't get knocked back. Oh, cool. Um, another fun little tidbit. If you're crouched as Piranha Plant and you go into the pot, right... Right. If somebody jumps on top of you, you bite them. Oh, that's such a good fucking... That's good. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> I didn't know that. I, I saw sick. a funny video someone made. It was like, here's how a piranha plant would work with normal Mario Brothers physics. And it was just Mario using a fireball, and then the piranha plant died. <laughs> and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> this is Smash Brothers, baby. Everybody's OP. So... When when does Joker come out, and when do we get a fucking Nintendo Direct? Hopefully in the coming weeks. We're supposed to get one in January, but it's almost done. I think they uh, I think Nintendo tucked their dick between their legs and walked out this month. Yeah, their only news was that they canceled a game, and then Pranic Plant. And that's it. Uh, and then more news came out today that they uh they scaled back their uh, sales projections for the Switch. Um, so uh, because I think they don't they... have a lot coming out this year, perhaps. No, just like for the rest of the fiscal year, which ends in the end of March. Okay. Um, the fiscal year, eh? Yeah, the fiscal years, weirdly enough, don't understand why, actually. I never did this research. Go from April to March. Yeah, that is weird. I mean, I guess because just like holiday season lasts a right. long time, but it doesn't. I don't know. It was. <laughs> I don't understand why it works. I, I never did the research. Your holiday, on it, but... like, I guess maybe because a lot of them look at it seasonally. So the year starts in spring, 
Which actually would make more sense. Because that's when everything blooms and shit. And then winter's when everything fucking dies and it's a hellscape outside. So maybe that should be the end of the year usually. And that doesn't, you know, really, really end until March. So I kind of get it from that sense. Because they're thinking about their releases in terms of seasons. Their spring releases, their summer releases, their fall releases, and their winter releases. But whatever. What are you looking up, Jusby? I'm just looking uh, at reason why fiscal years are the way they are. I think it's why I said, I bet. Yeah, I think so. Seasons. I think quarters work that way as well. When they say releases are like quarter one, quarter two, quarter three, quarter four. Right. I think quarter one is spring. If I'm right. Yeah, it's something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Fuck it. Okay. Uh, well, I saw a film. And I'm going to talk about it. But I'm also going to talk about other movies. Uh, I saw uh, all except one of the superhero movies, or comic book movies, that came out last year. Which uh, I put in a list from best to worst I could go either order. I don't know. What do you think I should do? Go from worst to best. Worst to best? Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Uh, because I think it's important to note it because superhero movies are easy to, like, shit on and look down on, I guess, because there's so many of them. So it's like, oh, it's just, you know, they're going to the, – the market's going to crash eventually. It's all going to fucking go downhill at some point. There's too many of them. And I get that. There is a lot. There is too many. But this was probably the best year for superhero garbage in the years that I've been alive, I think, in terms of just quality movies that have came out because of it. I can see that. Just maybe. I have like, seen you know, everything. Certain, yet. certain years you could kind of argue, like, you know, hey, you have Avengers and Dark Knight Rises in one year. Or like, hey, you got this... Spider-Man movie, I don't know. But I think just in terms of, like, we didn't have anything truly fucking terrible and shitty. Like, I'd still ranked it best to worst, but, like, I don't think any of these movies are technically terrible. Well, maybe one of them, but it still had enjoyable bits. Uh, I'll get to that in a second. So, uh, we're going to say from, like... It, I, I don't. I, best to worst isn't correct. I think it's more like most favorite to least favorite. Okay. So we'll start with the one that I liked the least. All right. Which is Ant Man and the Wasp. Uh, uh, I I also missed one on my list. I'll clarify that because this only has eight movies on it. I did not see Teen Titans Go the movie, and I don't really. I plan on it. I, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll watch it, but I'm not really a Teen Titans Go fan. I, I'm not a hater either. There's a lot of people that are just like, ah, bring back the old Teen Titans. This isn't my Teen Titans. I, I didn't even like the normal one that much. It was okay. I was more like, I want to watch Batman the Animated Series. This shit, it's not as good. Right. But I digress. I'm not including that in the ranking. If it was, it'd probably be low to mid-tier anyway. Uh, yeah, you know how I feel about Ant-Man and the Wasp. How do you feel about Ant-Man and the Wasp, Jusby? I want your opinions and maybe your informed rankings as well. Although you didn't see all of them, but hey, you can make your opinion known. Is your opinion blowing your nose? <laughs> it could be that, me. and also we live in the Midwest, and it sucks, and my sinuses are fucked. 
That's fair. That's fair. But also, that's how I feel about Ant-Man and the Wasp. You know, it, I think some of my friends and some other people that we saw it with hated it more than me. I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. But that's, that's the thing. But that's the thing. In this year, it sucks to be just okay. In this year, looking at these other movies on this list, because everything else was exceptional, basically. I just don't think with we're a at few a exceptions. point that this is... My opinion on Ant-Man and the Wasp has degraded the more time I've thought about it. and I've only seen it once, though. Same. I, yeah. But, but that's probably part of the issue here. Is I don't want to see it again. Right. I don't because care. Because it's just so, like... It's so okay. It's very by-the-numbers Marvel. And it's, it's it's boring now. You can't get away with it anymore with Marvel. With uh, Phase 3 it's gone on so of far. their universe is the most interesting phase they've brought to the table so far. You got Civil War. You got Doctor Strange, which, yeah, it's generic, but it has very, 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 very interesting visuals and new shit that it brings to the table. I think right. Doctor Strange is low-key really good. People don't talk about it. I like it a lot. Uh, you got fucking Thor 3, which basically makes Thor good. Uh, you got Guardians 2, which is one of the best they've ever made. Rest in peace, James Gunn's career. Uh, you got Spider-Man Homecoming. They made a good Spider-Man movie. They did that. It's the best good one job. since Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Yeah, actually. Um, <laughs> and then this year you had fucking uh, movies I'll talk about later, which were fucking excellent, some of the best shit they've put out. Uh, so when you compare it to all that, Ant-Man and the Wasp is the weak link in the chain. And it's not the fault of the character. I feel like different creative teams could probably be assigned to Ant-Man and make a way better movie. I actually have a feeling that, like... Him in, in not in Avengers Endgame this year is going to be really, really good and interesting and get people into Ant-Man. And then maybe Ant-Man 3 can be like Thor Ragnarok tier where it's like a way better movie as a result. I think. I'm hoping so, at least. Because I think the Russos are going to do a better job than uh, Peyton Reed has done so far. And I think Paul Rudd deserves it because Paul Rudd deserves a good movie. He's been good as Ant-Man. Yeah. It's just, uh, like I said, it's just that it's the generic structure of it. It's the, it's the, now, and that's where we're standing out of all of, like, the, the films for these major Marvel heroes. Ant-Man is the one that is the most generic. Yeah. And they needed to move the needle a little bit with Ant-Man and the Wasp, and they didn't. It was Thor, but Thor kind of redeemed itself. No, Thor entirely redeemed itself with yeah. Ragnarok. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so now Ant-Man needs that, or it's just going to be... Eh. Going up a peg. Yeah. And this is funny that it's above it. Is Venom. Yeah, chicken nuggets, Eddie. <laughs> now, like, okay. Hungry. <laughs> Venom is not a good movie. No, it's fucking awful. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, it's more interesting, and I would watch it again. Yeah, than I Ant-Man would and too. The Wasp. Absolutely, I would 100 percent watch it's it. It's such an interesting mess. It is a fucking horrible mess, but it's it so succeeds funny. on some weird level with its comedy, and with it just being like having a weird 
funness. That's not a word, is it? To it. It's a weird form of entertainment. It, it's it's just very entertaining. I, I mean, we talked about it before on this show, but just like to put it briefly, Tom Hardy doesn't know what kind of movie he's in, and that's kind of why it works. Like Tom Hardy plays it differently than the movie is playing it. The movie plays it like it's serious and fails. Tom Hardy plays it like it's not serious at all and succeeds. And it clashes and shouldn't really work and doesn't, but it kind of does. <laughs> and that sounds confusing, but I I feel like you might understand if you watch Venom. And maybe not everybody agrees. I, I've read terrible reviews of this movie, and I'm like, yeah, justified. But then I've read like good reviews of this movie, I'm like, yeah, justified. Because I don't really know. I feel like Venom 2 is going to be god-awful because now they think they're gonna make a good movie because they right. think they made one last time and then it's gonna be fucking terrible yeah that's the way i feel about that it. it shouldn't happen but you know it's gonna because they made boatloads of money <sighs> yeah we're gonna have to see woody harrelson as carnage oh, that's gonna be weird you. dude oh man fuck me in the pee hole dude i don't want to <laughs> see that shit <laughs> oh man uh next up on the list a little higher than that ranked at number uh what is this six uh-huh. Yeah, is Incredibles 2, which uh, I wanted to be higher, but, like, looking at what I had, I kind of had to rank it kind of low. And I think part of the reason is actually kind of similar to what we were talking about with Ant-Man. Pixar is better at making distinguishable sequels than Marvel is sometimes, but, like, like it doesn't feel generic but it also feels like a lot of those weird Pixar sequels that just, like, cannot live up to the hype, cannot live up to the original. Like, Finding Dory. I think most, in the most Monsters case, U. Pixar is at its strongest when it's handling, like, new original IPs. Yes. Um, the only With exception, the exception of Toy Story, yeah. yeah. It's the only exception. That's the only one that they're consistently, like, they put out a good movie every single time. And I hope that that continues to be the case this year with 4. Uh, but Incredibles 2 just kind of gives you more of the Incredibles. It takes place, like, immediately after the first one, and it has some good ideas and then some not well-executed ideas, and it just can't really justify its own existence by being, like, it's not interesting enough to justify its own existence, is what I'm trying to say. Uh... I hope they don't abandon The Incredibles as a franchise. I think it was a very successful movie. But at the same time, I feel like they need to th- think a little more about what they're bringing to the table. Because it was very d- generic and easy to tell what what the, the plot twist was going to be. And if you can even call it that. And, and there was a whole lot of focus on like, oh man, it's a baby. Is a baby with powers. Oh, it's going to do a dumb baby thing. Oh, big baby. Oh, it's going to melt that raccoon. And I was like, yeah, I get the joke. It's it's fun sequence, but nothing, like, amazing. And and that's what led me to this sacrilege, which is when the most recent movie I saw on this list gets to be ranked above it. And what about the part when Incredibles 2 and a little baby cause 9-11? Excuse me? <laughs> anyway. anyway. Continue. <laughs> ranked, uh... <laughs> Number five on my list is a movie that should not be this high, but it is. <laughs> Venom? Yeah. Again? <laughs> uh, similar kind of movie, really. Aquaman. Yes, tell me about Aquaman. So you went and saw it. I didn't get to. I saw it with our buddy Mark Toth. 
Yeah. We good, uh, good person to see that kind we of We did not with. pay to see this movie. Well, we we technically did. I mean, uh, we, we didn't steal. Movie, we man. didn't steal our movie tickets. We like just had Fandango gift cards and just went. So that kind of like you know because we were dreading it because we've seen the other DC movies. Man of Steel bad. Batman v Superman bad. Suicide Squad real bad. Justice League real bad. So we weren't expecting it to be good, and yet Aquaman is kind of like so fucking fun and weird that like I couldn't help but like have a goofy smile on my face the whole time I watched it. And I kind of respect that. It's not particularly well written, but it's kind of just got something going for it that I don't really understand. I think it's the best DCU movie so far. And I'm including Wonder Woman. Yeah. Which is also good, but I think the main reason I rank it higher than that, if we're talking just DCU, not just movies based on DC properties... Because it ain't nowhere near as good as The Dark Knight or Batman Begins. Uh, or Batman 89, even. But, like, it's... It doesn't have that weak third act that Wonder Woman had. It's just consistently weird and entertaining the entire way through. Whether you got, like, weird crab monsters or weird uh, fucking Cthulhu fishmen monsters or... Aquaman taking his selfies with bikers in a bar, or uh, Willem Dafoe on a hammerhead shark. That sounds awesome. Or Dolph Lundgren on a seahorse. That also sounds <laughs> awesome. It kind of is. It's stupid as fuck. Uh, it's it's very much like an '80s movie in a lot of ways. Uh, even the score is like synth heavy at times. And I wish it leaned more heavily into that. Cause there's times when it sounds like, you know, hi popo generic. Uh, it, there's times when it sounds like generic superhero movie. Right. But then there's times that it has like this synth shit going on that I really dig. I wish it kind of did that more. I wish it embraced that side of it more. But, uh, what are you doing? Zans? Zans is distracting the hell out yeah, of me. Yeah, my doggo came down to say hi. Oh, look at him. Look at a good doggo. Being a good pup boy. He's a good dude. <laughs> He's a dog. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good, called him a dude, that's a dude. Good, that's a good motherfucking bro dude right there. <laughs> Just being a good guy. Oh, you know? that, could, that could lead me back on track. Aquaman is a bro dude. Yeah, he is. Uh, Very much so. It's kind of... See, That's it kind of leads me to think this movie is kind of like an old, forgotten Schwarzenegger film from... Just a relic that someone just plucked from a VHS shelf and was like, what Jesus is this? Jesus Christ, you're selling me on this movie. Well, okay, because it kind of feels like that because Aquaman is stupid as fuck. And I think that they meant for that to be that way. And, like, that kind of reminds me of how Schwarzenegger is in a lot of movies. Like, things like Commando and things like Predator where, like, you know, he's just good at fighting shit. I don't know if he's smart. <laughs> like, he, uh, you know... Other than that, it's kind of like a very similar story to, like, uh, Black Panther, which I will talk about later because it's a better movie than this. Right. Which is just clear. But, like, it's kind of that same story where it's like, you know, I'm I'm the rightful king, but, like, do I really want to be the rightful king? Because, like, that's not really my thing. But, like, I have to do it to save my people on both sides. Cause I, you know, he's, he has that whole like half 
Atlantean half-human thing that isn't really an aspect in Black Panther, because he's for Wakanda no matter what. There's no other thing going on. But that sense of, like, you know, there's another person in the way who feels that they're the true leader, but they're, like, a shithead is also very much ingrained in this movie. There was a review of it that called it, like, Hideo Kojima's Black Panther. <laughs> oh, my it's God. kind of accurate, because it has that same, like, weird, like, more thinking about the weird-ass uh, visuals and scenes that are happening in it than, like, caring about the actual dialogue that characters speak, because that ends up being stupid as shit. And I'm okay with that for what this movie is. It, it doesn't really matter. It's it's a fun, dumb 80s movie, and it's not even trying to be anything else. And I kind of respect that, because the other DC movies tried to be smarter than they were. Definitely the Zack Snyder ones, at least. The Zack Snyder ones had that like weird sense of self-importance that didn't really feel earned, because at the end of the day... It's Batman and Superman hitting a big giant monster and the monster's destroying the city. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't really earn any, like, gravitas. Right. It doesn't need it. No. Instead, this movie ends up being a lot more colorful and fun than, like, any other DC movie as a result. Because it's, like, it knows what it is. It knows that Aquaman (laughs) is a really, really stupid concept. So why can't the movie be fun and stupid i'm I'm glad that approach happened because i don't think there's any other way to approach aquaman i don't think you should i I, it's just a fun little adventure movie uh if i had to pick things i didn't like the visuals are very otherworldly on purpose but like bad at times because like when you have underwater scenes and you have to have characters talk and do things under, but you still need it to be underwater, so their hair needs to be like floating. It just looks really unnatural and bad. And you could tell that, like, they kind of just, like, you know, filmed Willem Dafoe on a sound stage and then just took, like, a face capture and then just plopped him on this thing <laughs> at times. Like, it doesn't look very natural. And then there's things like, um, like Willem Dafoe is an example of this where like they have characters appear in flashbacks and they do that like weird thing that superhero movies do now where they have characters who are old play young characters. They're about to do it in Captain Marvel with Samuel L. Jackson and it looks really weird and unnatural to me because Samuel L. Jackson is an elderly man. Right. (laughs) He's he's 70 years old and yet he's like playing like 20 year old Samuel L. Jackson in that movie. Or whatever, what have you. Maybe, like, 40. Yeah, that's going to be really off-putting. So, there's kind of moments like that, where it's like, it's young Willem Dafoe in a flashback, but then, like, it just looks so weird and unnatural. Uh, the the worst one is, uh, uh, who the fuck? Nicole Kidman? I think it's Nicole Kidman. Sue me if I'm wrong. That is Aquaman's mom. Don't actually sue him, he doesn't have any money. I could be wrong that it's Nicole Kidman. I'm bad with actors' names. I just knew that Willem Dafoe was in this movie. <laughs> That's all I care about, honestly. Uh, she, uh, she's, like, in a flashback, and it's, like, a, her as a young person at the very beginning of the movie. But, like, it's weird because you know that that's her, and then that character is, like, assumed dead. 
And you're like, oh, well, then she's not dead. Because they used an older actress and then made her look young. So obviously she's going to appear later in the movie as her normal old self. As she is now in real life. Do you know what I mean? Right. So that twist doesn't work at all. But it also doesn't fucking matter because this movie has dinosaurs and crab people in it. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, the visuals don't have to be great because it's kind of like a cartoon. (laughs) So fuck it. Uh, I actually wholeheartedly recommend it. I hope DC continues this trend of not giving a fuck anymore with Shazam. And the Wonder Woman sequel. And maybe even, in a way, the Joker movie that's coming out. Let it be its own thing. Don't worry about shit. Uh, fuck it. L- let Ben Affleck decide if he'll ever be Batman again on his own damn time. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows what's happening with that? Just make some fun comic book movies. Because that's at the end of the day, that's what these are supposed to be. I don't know if they have to be fucking, like, the godfather of comic book movies or anything, so stop trying to make them heavy as fuck. (sighs) But it was still kind of stupid. So it is lower on my list. The next one I got on here is Deadpool 2, which surprised me a lot. Uh, Did you see Deadpool 2? Yes. Okay. Uh, Deadpool 2... I kind of wasn't looking forward to it all. No, I wasn't at all, actually. The trailers weren't really grabbing me, and I thought it was just going to be like, okay, so now that they've done the first one, they're just going to, like, cash in and make it as simple and dumb as possible. Uh, The director left the project, citing, like, disagreements with Ryan Reynolds, and that made me, like, not think it was going to be good. I think they got one of the guys that does John Wick shit to direct this movie, and it shows because the action's really good. But they ended up putting it together something that's, like, maybe even better than the first Deadpool? What do you think? There's, I think, it's kind of, I think it's kind of a mix for me. Yeah. Where I think aspects, it, it accomplished greater things than the first one. Um, I think it has a better story. Right. Yeah, the, the plot's designed better. I think there's moments, a lot of moments in Deadpool 1 that I like better. I think I think it nailed, like, just, like, the... Deadpool 1 kind of nailed, like, the, like, tiny, like, individual moments of comedy better, I think. I I could see that. But Deadpool 2 overall is probably just a better movie. There's little moments that I think are funnier in this movie, but I think the first one deserves a lot of credit because it, like... It's the first one. It comes at the perfect time where it's, like, kind of making fun of superhero movies and shit. Right. And 2 is not really... It is, but it's more like, you know, we've seen it already. So it's a lot of repetition. But, like, I think in terms of it being funny and in terms of it being a better story with better character development, it nails it. Uh, the the new stuff that they bring to the table is great. The new characters are great. Uh, it made me actually excited for uh, at least this wing of the X-Men universe to continue. Uh, nobody really knows what hap- is going to happen to any of the X-Men <laughs> or if the other X-Men movies are even going to come out. I don't know. Will they will they delay Dark Phoenix again? <laughs> Let's hope so. <laughs> I, I don't know. At least Brian Singer's not directing it. Anyway. Oh. <laughs> Oscar nominated. 
Fuck. Ooh, I haven't seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet, but I feel like we should so we can understand why everybody's mad. We kind of do because we've seen clips. We, we were talking about it on the internet where, like, it's just edited poorly. Right. With, like, a billion cuts, which is bizarre. But anyway, uh, we're in the top three. Number three is Black Panther. Black Panther is just obviously just, you know, everybody knows it's good. It's up for an Academy Award as well. I don't think it will win. I don't think it necessarily should. Although, I mean, I don't know. I would rather see it win than, than a couple movies that are nominated. I feel like they got nominated just because the Academy was like, all right, you guys shut up. We're going to nominate movies that made money too. Don't just bitch that it's all these indie movies that you haven't seen. But it's it's solid. It's the best uh, best version of Rocky Three I've ever seen. Oh man, <laughs> it kind of is. It's kind of the story of a guy who's like you know, it's a great great hero, great role model, and then along comes this asshole. And he's like, I'm gonna beat the shit out of you, and he's like, No, I don't think that. Oh, like, oh fuck. Oh, he beat the shit out of me. Damn it. <laughs> Oh, now I gotta go fucking fight him again and beat the shit out of him again after I learn you go on a self-discovery journey and become one with myself again. All right, I beat the shit out of him. All right, everything's back to normal now. (laughs) That's kind of what the movie's plot is. But, like, Marvel's had this problem with villains for a long time. and, And this year, they came out with, like, two movies that have the best villains to date that they've brought to the table in a row with... Killmonger and then Thanos. And Killmonger's so good. Michael B. He's Jordan is so good. The best part about that movie, for sure. One of the best parts of, like, villains in the entire Marvel you universe. You can tell that sure. him and, and uh, Ryan Coogler, the director, really click and really bring out the best in each other. You could tell that in Creed, which we talked about before. And you could tell that here. But everybody else is really good in Black Panther, too. And that movie just feels important and topical, and will probably be for years to come. Hopefully Black Panther 2 isn't bad. Uh, there's a rumor going around right now that uh, Killmonger will be back, and Michael B. Jordan will be back. And uh, I don't know how he's alive. Don't do that. But, you know, at the same time, maybe if he is alive, his character arc can go full Vegeta, and we can get the redemption arc. Maybe. <laughs> I can dream because I think that comparison is actually valid. <laughs> I can see that. He's kind of like, he could be a Vegeta. I think it works. I think it can work. Uh, anyway, right above that is Infinity War. Uh, this movie should not be good, Jusby. It really shouldn't, should it? Uh... There's not really any reason that it should be good. You're taking, like, 19 franchises and throwing them all at the wall and seeing what works. I don't think it's throwing them at the wall. It's no. very carefully orchestrated. That's why it's good, though. Yeah. Right. They, it's, it should be that. Like, you know, you watch Justice League, and it feels like that. But it's not. It's so carefully crafted and so masterfully done that it doesn't really feel like that overwhelming that there's 30 characters in that movie it all works and i i don't know the russos know what they're doing when it comes to those marvel movies uh and i'm very happy for it uh obviously everyone in the world has seen this movie i think it was the highest grossing movie uh ever 
Uh, I don't know. I could be wrong on that. Black Panther's up there as well. But I think domestically, uh, Infinity War took it. Uh, oh, no, no, no. Actually, switch that. Worldwide, Infinity War more. Domestically, Black Panther more. That's what it was. Either way, I think most of the human population has seen both of those movies. So we know that they're good already. Uh, Thanos is my favorite MCU villain now. He's just so good. I don't know how they took that character and made him engaging. Because as much as I love comic Thanos, he's very much one note. I hate everything. I want to fuck the very concept of death. (laughs) And, like... You could write good stories around that with him as the main villain, but, like, can you make him an interesting character? I don't know. But they knew, the Russos knew, and they did, because they changed his uh, entire character. Well, not his entire character, but his motivations, I should say. And it worked out immensely well. I'm very, very hype and excited for the next one. Uh, I hope they don't fuck it all up. They're going to at least reverse uh, the very good ending of Infinity War which is everyone fucking died. Uh, That's the best part about that movie. It's very effective. Uh, I'm glad that they went that far with it, but everyone is not going to be dead. Oh, no, not at all. They're all coming back. So I I just hope that they earn that retcon, because if they don't, it'll fall flat on its face. That's what I'm worried about most. But I have a lot of faith in the Russos now because of this, so I hope that they can pull it off. But the best comic book movie of the year... And the best movie of the year, for my money. I haven't seen every fucking movie, though. Don't fucking come at me. Green Book was great! Uh, Oh, God. (laughs) Spider-Verse. I've already fucking hyped and talked about this movie, so we don't have to talk about it for a long time. Uh, Go see it, Justin, you fucking schmuck. You absolute hack fraud. You're gonna sit here, not say anything... I'm a fan of this card. I just have to find the time to just go see it for free. Go! For the love of God, I don't even know if it's in theaters anymore. What are you going to do? You son of a bitch. <laughs> Might be cheap theater now. We need to go nine times. I need to see it more. It's so damn good. It's going to be one of those movies that people talk about for fucking years, I think. Just because of the animation and because it's just it's just solid. There's nothing damn wrong with it at all. Uh, my favorite movie of the year. If it, if it loses best animated feature... To Incredibles 2. To Incredibles 2. I will drive and punch Mr. Oscar in the face. (laughs) Yes, good old elusive Mr. Oscar. Academy Award, man. I will fucking hunt you down, dude. It's the guy on the trophy. He's just perpetually naked and gold. (laughs) Like a a big, stupid metal Dr. Manhattan. Yeah. I will beat the shit out of you. I don't care if you have the ability to blow me up with your mind. He's a giant gold dick. <laughs> uh, it is up against uh, Isle of Dogs, which I'm sure is a fine, great movie. Wes Anderson is great. If it loses to that, I could at least have peace. I would prefer it to win. But if it loses to Incredibles 2, I'll be mad. Because, you know, that of all awards feels like when the Academy votes on it, they're just a bunch of 90-year-old fucks. And they're just like, I didn't see any of them except this one. Pixar knows what they're doing. I'll nominate the Pixar movie. Yeah, that's right. Monsters U is the best animated movie of the year. Because they, you know, to them, cartoons are for fucking two-year-olds. Anyway. And Pixar does know what they're doing half the time. Pixar does deserve... Most of their Oscars. 
But every now and then it's like, you know, eh, was was Brave that good? Eh, I don't know. I really liked Brave. Brave is okay. Brave is okay. That was really good. Her mom's a bear! Yeah. Me ma's a bear! It's more like that. Yeah. That's that whole movie. Yeah. It's so? okay, Jusby. It's just no. It's fucking no Toy Story two. It's no Inside Out. It's no. Oh, Inside Out is fucking oof. There are Pixar movies that I might rank like higher than Spider Verse on my overall rankings of movies, but Incredibles two is not one of those. Get the oh, fuck no, no, out of no. here. The baby hey hate fucking fight the raccoon. Oh boy, that deserves an Oscar right there. Uh oh, guys, the baby sneezed and bombs dropped on Syria. <laughs> what? <laughs> Cancel podcast? Oh no! Oh no! Uh, right. that, that's the plot of The Incredibles too, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Oh, all right. Let's talk about a fucking movie. Yeah. So we watched the Animatrix. Yeah! Uh, he was watching everything in release order, and the Animatrix came out uh, a month after the release of The Matrix Reloaded. It's a good... Uh... It is a compilation of nine, nine different yes. animated short films. Kind of eight, because one was like part one and part two, but right. I don't really know why it was. They're, they're two separate short films. I don't know. Just cause they all, I think they all tried to keep them around the same length is why. But what happened, and the, the reason why this came to fruition is... While promoting the first Matrix movie, the Wachowskis visited Japan, right? Uh-huh. And were promoting in Japan. And they met a lot of the uh, animators and uh, creators of anime that they, a lot of their work is based on. And there's a lot of... There's definitely a lot of things, like, that the Matrix, like, definitely borrows from anime. And, like, you like you could tell its influence on anime in general. Yeah. So what ended up happening is they all just kind of started collabing together and uh, was making, like, you know, The Matrix as and as little anime movies. Each one it has its own distinct style and just tells kind of like a random story in the universe. It felt like I was watching a couple episodes of, like, a Matrix animated series. Right. But with the distinction of they all look entirely different. Yeah. Uh, which is cool. Um, most of them were good as hell, too. Uh, yeah, most of them were really good. About seven out of nine of them were excellent. Uh, may, maybe like six. Six and a half? Sure, whatever. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Um, this Wikipedia page does not show them in order, which is stupid. It doesn't? The Wikipedia page for the Animatrix? Nope. Uh, it puts the last one up top, because that was, like, the main The main one? one. Right, which, like, I don't know why it was, like, one of the worst ones. I guess we don't have to talk about them in order. We can. Um, It starts with what's called the Second Renaissance, part one and two. Which is uh basically just one one studio, one thing. Yeah, it's by Studio 4, 4C, which... Um, what have they made? They've done quite a, quite a few different things. Let's see, it was directed by Mahiro Maeda... They've done Princess, Princess. Uh, I, I always have trouble pronouncing this. Princess Already. They did. Uh, okay. They did the. Uh, they did the animation for the uh, Berserk Golden Age arc. Okay. Um, they did animation for uh, a Justice League animated film. Oh. They did the uh, Thundercats 2011. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. That one. That that was a very anime looking Thundercats reboot. 
Uh, the director uh, worked on concept art and design for Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah. Which won six Academy Now, Mahiro Awards. Maeda. Okay, this yeah. this person here. This guy's awesome. Yeah, he's incredibly here. influential, actually. He spent a lot of... Uh, I, I recognize that name as soon as I saw it in the Wikipedia page I was reading. Uh, okay. He did a lot of early work with Studio Ghibli. Yeah, it says here he uh, did Nausicaa. Yeah. Castle in the Sky, Porco yeah. Rosso. Those all, that's some all good shit there. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, he's a very, very influential, like, designer. Um, he oh. made uh, he made the designs for the angels in Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, this dude is like... That makes a lot of sense, because this is all about robots, right. this part. Yeah. Uh, he did the uh, he did the anime section of Kill Bill One, which is the one of the best oh, parts yeah, yeah, of that yeah. movie. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that dude is just a legend. Which there's a lot of legends in production credits for the Animatrix. That does make sense. Uh, so his section was actually one of the best. Uh, it's the one that started out what we were end up watching. Uh, I don't know if it's in a specific order. That's not. usually the way, because it was all released as, like, a compilation. Yeah. So, like, that's the order it's viewed in, usually. And the reason being just because that's, like, it starts with the second Renaissance, because that kind of gives you, like, the, the backstory before. Before the Matrix. That's right. the basic, like, you know, machines. It's basically, uh... <laughs> it's like, why why did this happen? We were joking as, it, uh, as we were watching it that it's basically Detroit become human. Yeah, it's uh, I, when I told you when the trick become human was happening, and I told you that David Cage didn't have an original bone in his body. This is why. Well, I, he ripped he ripped shit from the Animatrix. <laughs> well, not just the Animatrix. It's a, it's an amalgam of. Yeah, it's just everything the Animatrix he's seen. and Blade Runner. He's and, just taken and everything he's seen that he's remotely enjoyed. And just smashed it together without even fucking thinking for himself once. But, like, the, the comparisons are definitely there. You got robots that are mistreated and not accepted as, uh, creatures or, or anything. They're just, like, you know, demeaned by humans. Uh, you got them being thrown in the landfills like, like a Holocaust-ass shit. Uh, that's very much in Detroit Become Human. Uh, and then you get the robots uh, eventually rising up, and uh, you can go violent in Detroit Become Human, and that's kind of what we get here. Uh, I don't hate Detroit Become Human, Jusby, but I've never fucking ever in my life mistook David Cage as a genius. He's uh, an idiot. He copies things and yeah. makes that's all video games. <laughs> uh, but... I think the influence of other people is felt on Detroit Become Human. He, he, I hopefully he loosened up the grip, and other people in Quantic Dream were able to uh, bring forth some good shit. Cause there is stuff I do like in that game. But anyway, this short goes into you know early robots who looked funny as fuck. They were just like you know, they kind of reminded me of the the robot from uh. Rogue One, the tall, lanky one, but, like, maybe, like, a little more, uh, skinnier. And, and eventually, you know, their, uh, resistance and, uh, eventual usage of humans as their energy source. Because I guess humanity blots out the sun? Is that what happened? 
Yeah. Well, yeah. It, what it does is it like, like for them as well, or just for the robots? No, just the entirely. They they destroyed. Oh. Basically, they just killed the atmosphere. Oops. <laughs> just because the robots were solar powered, which I didn't really think. All about. of their technology was solar powered at the time. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, so humanity was like destroying itself to kill the robots, and then robots decided to just uh, use humans as fuel. Fuck it. And then the Matrix is created, and. uh... Very artistic, very well done. That was one of the best shorts on the thing. Uh, what was the next one after the second Renaissance? Was it the running guy? No, the next one after Renaissance is called Program. This is. Oh, uh, that's right. That's right. This one is. Uh, it starts off like, like it looks like like a feudal type setting. Yes. And then you realize that you have these two, these two shipmates sparring, in a program. And. uh... It ends up that the guy who's sparring with the main girl, which, by the way, uh, main girl's named Sis. She's voiced by Hedy, uh, I think it's Hedy Barres, is how mm-hmm. you say her name. She did the voice of Yuna in Final Fantasy X. Okay. If you want to know where she came from. Uh, and, I was right. The guy was voiced by Phil Lamar. Yeah, the guy, du- his name's Duo. He was voiced by Phil mm-hmm. Lamar, which is dope. I-, I noticed it because it sounded like Samurai Jack, him right. talking. Uh, it-, it was a little different. Uh, he used a little bit more of his, uh, probably his natural voice, because he was playing a black guy, which makes sense. In Samurai Jack, he's very much not playing a black guy. <laughs> but he, he did have that quality to his voice a little bit. So I was like, is that Samurai Jack? <laughs> and I was right. Uh, this is directed by Yoshiaki Kawajiri. Yeah. Uh, the creator of Vampire Hunter D over here. Yeah, well, it, it's a family ass. Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust, which is a different thing. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. It is Vampire Hunter. It's like an OVA. And then uh, also did Ninja Scroll, a 1993 movie that is well-liked among a lot of people. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, he the did production was done a... by Madhouse. Yeah. So Madhouse has done all kinds of shit. Um, they're most popular, at least recently, for doing uh, like Death Note... One Punch Man, but they also did uh, they Ooh, did Trigun. Perfect Blue, they did Trigun, they did Black Lagoon. Oh, they uh, did Death Paprika. Note. Paprika is a great yeah. They great did Paprika as well. Movie. That's a great. Madhouse movie. has done all kinds of shit, including Beyblade. <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> no, no, you're not. Yeah, you probably see it. Uh, that's cool. Uh, Yoshiaki directed a segment for Batman Gotham Knight, which uh, I don't know if you've ever seen that. I have. That's a uh, kind of similar to this. In a way. Yeah, it's just like a collection of short... That like take place shorts. in the, the Dark Knight universe. It came out in between Batman Begins and Dark Knight. And uh, it's not terrible. It's not the greatest. Uh, some of them are better than others. But, you know, Batman is a character that works in many different ways. So seeing other people's approaches to him was really cool. Right. So program... Uh, you have your you have your, your kind of setting and you realize that you're in a training program in the Matrix... And these two shipmates are sparring, and it seems like they're they're in love. Because, well, they are, yeah. I guess. Because because at one point uh, she goes in for the kill, like in in the animation, like you know they were sparring, and then he says he has something to to ask her, and she asks if he's proposing. It's like okay, so it signifies that you know these characters are in love. Then he suggests that he wants to return to the Matrix. Yep. And which she's is like no, and he's like, well, I, too bad. And. What's nice with the context of the first movie, you know what that means. Is that he made a deal with an agent. 
Yeah. And so he he sold them out. It's cool that this uh, kind of explores that because uh, obviously that one guy from the Matrix One can't be the only guy who wants to just say fuck it and right. you know. So be it, back it, in it the kind Matrix. of tells you that like this is that wasn't the first time that happened. Yeah. There are people who just uh, who just can't take it and want to go back to the Matrix. Even though I guess this guy's technically not real. Yeah, because out. what ends up happening is they do into this very long fight. It's really cool, really well animated. And uh, and then you, uh, she kills him, and starts sobbing uncontrollably because she just killed the person that she loves. And uh, but then she gets pulled out from the matrix and then realizes that it was all just a test. And she gets really pissed off and punches the guy, which is great. I <laughs> it it uh it, I think it's the first of uh many of these to feature uh very scantily clad women. Yeah. Uh, in their underwear even. Uh, like, most of these have that. Very weird, recurring theme. <laughs> but whatever. Uh, I think the next one, the next was, one was World, world record. record. Yes. Yeah. Okay. The next one was World Record. Um, also created by Madhouse. Yeah. Um, Let's see. The director is Takeshi Koike? Yeah, that's, that's the way you say it. Okay. Uh... Something of a protege of Yoshiaki Kawajiri is what it says. Yeah, and he did... Uh, that makes sense. He he was an animation director for uh, Lupin the Third movie. That's pretty uh, good. Is that a good movie? Yeah, it's pretty good. Cool. Uh, I liked this one a lot, even though its uh, animation was extremely strange. It was a very weird one. It was very um, stylized and uh, kind of had like a... Uh, there's another one that reminded me of Aeon Flux as well, but it had like an Aeon Flux kind of vibe to it. The weird, muscly, weird animation. There's a funny thing about the one that reminds you of Aeon Flux, by the way. Is it actually made by the Aeon yeah. Flux people? Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> this one kind of had that, but not quite. The other one was a lot closer. But anyway, uh, this one was kind of strange in plot-wise, but yeah, so I liked it. It was really different. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's it was uh, it's about a person who is I guess like an Olympic hundred meter dash runner is what you can assume right yeah and he has the world record and yeah. he wants to break his own world record he, he wants hits, to prove well, that he can a, I guess yeah there's a little bit in between that he hits the world record then he gets accused uh, and somebody plants him like accusing him of doing performance enhancing drugs yes but what's really happening is that he is slowly not realizing it breaking the matrix. Because he's attaining what should not be humanly possible. Right. Just through sheer will. Yes. Uh, which is cool as fuck. Um, he, like, breaks his bones while trying to get this world record, but yeah. then doesn't because he's not real because it's the Matrix. Right. Uh, which is fucking insane. There's, like, a really cool segment where, like, he snaps out of it and he wakes up in the fucking the birthing pod or whatever the fuck you want to call it just like neo did and it's fucking horrifying because they fucking put him back to sleep and put him back in there and then he's like in a wheelchair but like he's trying to get up because he wants to be free because now he's aware that uh he might not be in a in the real world and that's fucked up and crazy yeah well so what happens and the best way i could describe this is that you know he, he goes for it again and through the through the energy he's putting out yeah 
through just his sheer will and physical prowess. Yeah. He pushes he pushes what the Matrix is allowing him to do to his absolute limit, and his energy becomes unstable. Agents notice this, and they try to stop him. Right. So he, using that pure will, he pushes him, he exerts himself outside of the Matrix for a brief second. When that happens, machines nearby, and it freaks the fuck out and basically just puts him back in. Well, yeah. I just said all this. Right. <laughs> but yeah. it, like, shocks the shit out of his body, and it's, like, really fucked up. Yeah, now he wheelchair. Yeah. So Oops. Yeah. And then, uh, there's a really, really neat thing at the end where, like, you could tell his, even though his mind's, like, fucked up, and an agent says that he wiped it, you could tell that he still, like, knows what happened, in a way. He doesn't know, but he knows. Right, like, subconsciously. Yeah. So he tries to get, he tries to get up, like, well, just whispering free to himself, because now he knows what it feels like to be free, and it's implanted in his mind. But then he just falls right down because he's a crippled boy now. The end. Sad, but it, 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 it adds an interesting notion that people can break out of the Matrix through sheer will. Which not even Neo did, really. He had to be taken out of there by Morpheus. Right. So that shit is neat. Uh, I think the next one was Kid's Story. Yes, it was. Okay, so this one. Oh, shit. That's right. It's directed by Shinichiro Watanabe, Cowboy Bebop guy. I fucking knew it. It was good. Yeah. One of the most legendary anime directors of all time was in on this shit. Okay, that probably explains why this might be the best one. It is the best one, uh, I think. I just, the animation and, like, the... It was very cool. It was, like, very sketchily drawn. Not, like, shady. I mean, like, literally sketches. Uh, all right, The so... animation had that weird, like, wavy, pencil-y kind of look to it. It was neat. So one of the main animators for that, in the really cool animation style, is uh, Shinji Hashimoto. Okay. This man, right now, he's, he's a game producer at Square Enix, right? Okay. Um, he's Right now he serves as the Final Fantasy brand manager. He's the co-creator of Kingdom Hearts. Oh! It all came back on itself. <laughs> what? And he helped animate this. Okay. Okay. Uh, this shit was fucking phenomenal. Uh, yeah, it's a kid who I guess uh, is being talked to by Neo, trying to break him out of the Matrix. As uh, we learn that they have been breaking people left and right out of the Matrix in the Matrix Reloaded, and he becomes aware of his existence, kind of, and he is running away from agents and shit. Uh, on a skateboard, no less, became, uh, you know, Tony Hawk's Pro Matrix for a second. Yeah, and but it looks so cool because... The, yeah, no, the it was animated impeccably. Like, yeah. impeccably. It was so fucking cool. It, everything starts getting blurry because everything's moving fast, and it looks so weird and warped. Well, it adds to the feeling that he's... Uh, trying to get out of a false reality, too. Right. It, it, the way that it was animated really helped give that feeling to it and maybe like even like a little bit of an anxiety kind of feeling to it right i liked it a lot yeah and then he just uh he die 
technically, what what happens is this, this concept was introduced in The Matrix Reloaded. Yes. Where it was also kind of in World Record 2, where you can exert yourself outside of, out of the Matrix, right? Yeah, so he did, basically. Yeah. So what he, yeah, what he did is he just pushed himself out of it. Through sheer, because, through sheer will, and then the, the knowledge that this isn't real, mm-hmm. he just pushed, his mind pushed him outside of it. But then he dies to everyone in the Matrix. Right, because that's kind of what happens. Yeah. It's like you're dying, you're reborn. Right. Sure. As we saw in the first And then Neo and Trinity find him, voiced by their actual actors. Yeah, that was neat. Little Keanu cameo. Yeah. Uh, That's the only appearance from him in this? Yes. So it's cool that they got him, though? Uh, I was okay with that. He doesn't have to be a major Nope, he says, like, what, three lines, and that's it. Yeah. All you need. It was cool. It was great. Uh, I think after that was the ghost one, but not ghosts at all. Beyond is what it's called. Yeah, it's called Beyond. Yeah, that's the next one. Who did that one? This one's uh, Koji Morimoto. Okay. Um, This is... He worked on Akira. Oh, okay. Um, He was a key animator for Kiki's Delivery Service, Fist of the North Star. All right. Um... Very, very well-regarded Japanese director. Um, it was animated once again by Studio 4 Degrees Celsius, or 4C, as most yeah. people call it. Um, the girl was voiced by Hedy Burris. Yep, again. Again, there you yes. go. Um, this explores a really interesting concept that I think they alluded to in Reloaded, where, like, weird, unexplained phenomenon like UFOs or ghosts or fucking Bigfoot, or whatever, what have you, are just glitches in the Matrix, basically. So we have what is referred to as a haunted house, but it's not really. It's kind of just a point in the Matrix where the Matrix isn't functioning properly. Yes. And the agent's got to go fix it and shit. Uh there's this young girl who's looking for her cat, and her cat hasn't come back because it's, it's in this weird haunted house realm (laughs) of this like weird just pocket of the matrix that isn't working and she goes and hangs out with it with uh hangs out in it and just kind of like does some weird floaty bullshit with some little fucking shithead kids yeah i like the animation (laughs) style it's really weird and cool i i think this is one of the weaker ones in terms of actual events though yeah the concept of it is very cool Right. But in terms of what actually happens, it's just like, oh, well, I guess they're just going to float around and do stuff. And then, oh, the agents shut it down. And then, oh, it's Everything not there sucks anymore. Yep. Yeah. That was it. Uh, but it was okay. Uh, it wasn't a bad one. The last no. uh, two were. Yeah. But I think before that, we got the... Uh, we have a detective story, yeah. which is probably the second best one out of this oh, whole set. That was so cool. Once again, directed by our boy Watanabe. This makes sense. Yep. It was so jazzy, dude. It was. <laughs> um, Bless this man. The key animation was done by Kazuto Nak- Nakazawa. Okay. Um, who worked on the anime sequence from Kill Bill Volume 1. Okay. Worked on Samurai Champloo. Okay. And uh, So maybe one of Watanabe's... Uh... Also worked on animation for the Linkin Park song, Breaking the Habit, music video. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there, there you well, go. Well, that, that does place this in that era. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, this one was great. I loved this one. Uh, it's animated in cool, 
film noir-y black and white. All right, so the main character yes. in this, his name is Ash. Okay. He was voiced by James Arnold Taylor, okay? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So he is best known for portraying Ratchet in Ratchet and Clank's series, Tidus in Final Fantasy X. Okay. And he was Obi-Wan in Star Wars Clone Wars. Okay, I knew I heard that name before. He's a very prominent voice actor. Right. Been in a lot of shit. Um, it's, it's story is very simple, but it's execution is where it works. It's mm-hmm. basically just a guy who is hired to find a hacker named Trinity. Which, so we already kind of have an idea of what's happening. Right, and it is Carrie Ann Moss yep. doing her voice, which is great. I'm glad. Yeah, it's it makes it feel more attached to the world that way. Um, even though it doesn't look anything like uh, the Matrix movies. I mean, it does and it doesn't. Yeah, as far as timeline goes, this is the one that's closest to the to the first Matrix. Yeah, I would say so. This is probably before she even interacts with Neo. It is. Um, it, he, he basically is just hired to find her because I guess the agents have trouble finding her. I think he's hired by the agents. Yes. And... Uh, he does. He finds her. But then, like, the agents are on its tail. And they start overtaking him. And she doesn't want to get captured by the agents. So she's like, I'm sorry. And shoot him. Yeah. He starts getting taken over by an agent. And what that resembles... Yes. ...is his skepticism. Okay. Of, okay. of what's going on. Sure. And because he wouldn't like the guess the best way to interpret this is that he because he wouldn't like his detective's mind basically yeah was skeptical of everything that would be outside of it that he wouldn't let himself break free of that so he was able to get taken over by an agent right okay because normal people in the matrix can just be taken over by an agent at any time and then their memory of that gets wiped yeah That's okay happens. And uh, so, yeah, they get chased through a train. There's a little shooey stuff. It's really cool. Feels straight out of Cowboy Bebop, honestly. The I, I was does. going to guess that it was at least inspired by it. Right. But uh, come to find, yeah, it's right. just literally it. Uh, <laughs> and then the end of it, um, there's a the little bookendy thing. Yeah. It's him sitting on a sitting on the car of the train, about to light a cigarette. Gun pointed at the agents. Oh, it was so fucking badass. I loved it. Yeah. He was just like, fuck it. I don't really care. He, like, knows he's dead anyway. Right. Oh, so good. Uh, and then the, the fucking light on his lighter fades out, and that's the end of it, and it was so cool. Yeah, you, uh, you can very well interpret that he's dead as fuck. That or uh, the kid's story was uh, probably my favorites Yeah. here. These last two were not. These last two were... All right, uh, so this next one's called Matriculated. Yeah. It's directed by Peter Chung. <laughs> okay. Who... Did Aeon Flux. This, yeah. Yeah. It's produced by... It looks D- just like it. Um, yeah, it's produced by DNA Productions. Okay. Now, I'm not familiar with them, so let's take did a look through Did they make Aeon here. Flux? They did. They animated the Weird Al show. <laughs> they okay. animated... Right. They animated Jimmy Neutron. Hell yeah. Oh! Oh, no, their logo is the fucking monkey saying, Hi, I'm Paul. Is oh, that what my. these people are? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> that's right, because that's DNA Productions. That's what it says. 
Oh my god, I feel like I've learned a lot today. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, this one was fucking artsy fartsy, and I didn't like it. No, because it felt um, like it was most it of was, it. Uh, it was just too much. I, At I don't know. first, the concept was really interesting, where it's like, okay, so this person lures machines into the, their little hideout, yeah, and then they try to convert them. To Onto help. their side, right. which I guess is something you'd have to do because you need to use machines to fight the machines, right? Yeah, it makes you need sense. Technology it's to really exist. interesting concept. Uh, you know how do how do the humans exist and use technology when machines are literally taking over the world? Right. So where this thing goes off the rails is once they try to convert a machine that they've captured. It's this weird, trippy, Pink Floyd fucking the wall fucking ass bullshit. Yeah, it's like they all plug in the Matrix, and they also plug the the rope, the machine, into the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And then it, just a bunch of weird shit that makes no sense in Tales. Yep. It makes no fucking sense. It's, it's purely metaphorical of, like, his journey of self-discovery, I guess. But I like, guess, but who fucking cares? Oh, it's fucking bad. I don't know. And <laughs> I, then I just did not more enjoy cool any stuff of it. happens, and then machine uh, sentinels show up and kill everybody. Yeah, and everybody fucking died, so yep. who cares? There you go, the end. Uh, the, the, the ending was kind of haunting uh, because the machine puts himself back into the... I, I don't know if it's the Matrix, really, but it's something... Uh, it's some kind of program. He puts himself back into it and the girl, and then he's, like, coming for the girl, and she's like, no! And then they just both die. And it was creepy, but it wasn't anything except, like, cool to look at. That's why I said artsy-fartsy, because it, it really felt like they were just like, we're gonna make this thing that looks fucking wild, man! And they didn't think about, like, an actual story for it. So the robot, un- according to the Wikipedia page, <sighs> I didn't understand it. Yeah. The, uh, the end of it, the robot unplugs itself, from the Matrix. Okay. And then uh, it just ends up with the robot standing outside looking over the sea. So it's that same robot. Oh, okay. I didn't really I didn't really know that. I thought that was a different robot. Nope, same one apparently. I don't know. Didn't make any fucking sense. So now he's on the human side, I guess? Maybe? Whatever? Something like that. Whatever. Who cares? And it doesn't matter. So the last one. Uh, this felt like the most Wachowski-influenced one. It was written by the Wachowskis. Okay, well, uh, I think half of them were. And they were all at least partially inspired or, like, spearheaded by them anyway. Mm-hmm. They had a lot to do with this, of course. The, the It was directed by Andy Jones, okay. who is the person who did the animation for Avatar and the Jungle Book live-action remake. Okay, cool. Um, the Last Airbender, you mean? Or the movie no, Avatar? No, the movie Avatar. Okay, okay. But with James Cameron's I mean, avatar. that's still impressive, hey. Yeah. The CG animation was done by Square Pictures. So so they have made uh, that Final Fantasy movie? Yes. The Spirits Within. Yeah, they made Final Fantasy Spirits Within. Have they done anything else? Uh... <laughs> No. Yeah, because I feel like this probably came out close to when that came out, huh? Yeah. Um, And that this might be the only two things they've made mm-hmm. as square pictures. You know? Right. Weird. This is, a, this is a direct sequel leading into The Matrix Reloaded. Okay. Sorry, direct prequel leading into The Matrix Reloaded. You mean Revelations? No, Reloaded. Are you sure? Yes. Well, they're about to attack Zion and shit. No, 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 okay, so if you remember... Oh, sorry. Oops. At the beginning of The Matrix Reloaded, 
they get word that that a shit ton of Sentinels are heading towards Zion. Oh, okay, so that's the word that... Oh, this, this is Rogue One, is right. what you're telling me. Okay, So this is I them just you. delivering a message that, hey, machines are coming. Yeah. That's okay. what that was. Yeah, they all died. Yeah, I don't know. Things... I don't but at understand. least they got to have some fucking strip samurai fights before yeah, they died. Yeah, it starts really weirdly. They're like, <laughs> this, this girl and this dude are both blindfolded. I don't know who they're through their voice this by. This shit looks look like it. really high quality PS2 cinematics, by the way. Uh, so there's a guy. It's very off putting watching it now. The guy's name is God. It's Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah, that that was that's a very famous did, voice actor man. Yeah, he did the Joker in the Batman. Uh, yeah, you could name better things that he's done. Nope, that's it. <laughs> he was on the Cleveland show. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. The girl was voiced by Pamela Adlon. Okay. Um, most Sounds famously, familiar. the voice of Bobby Hill in King of the Hill. Aw, shit. <laughs> Did not sound like Bobby Hill here. Um, no. He's <laughs> playing a decidedly different character. <laughs> So you have these two, and, yeah. they're, and they're, they're fighting in what looks really similar to that the kung fu training segment from the first Matrix. You know the Wachowskis love their kung fu. Oh yeah, but they, they were fighting with uh, katanas, and then at first it's like a normal fight. Then they start like cutting off each other's clothes, and it's like uncomfortably kinky. Yeah, it was weird. I wasn't entirely into it. No, not at all. It was fucking weird. Uh, yeah, especially after all the like weird like half naked chicks that have been in this so far. I was just like, oh, so you're just doing this so there's butts, okay. But whatever. Uh, you know, I'm not against it. <laughs> I'm just right. saying it was weird. <laughs> it was very weird. It's off putting. Uh, so the alarm goes off right before they could strip fully. How convenient. <laughs> And uh, that Sentinels are coming, and they're like, oh, shit. And there's a lot of Sentinels. They're what the fuck's going on? And they find out that they're trying to drill into Zion. Oh, no. So this ensues into a... The Matrix Reloaded is about to happen. We've got to stop it. So this ensues into a segment where uh, Bobby Hill gets inserted into the Matrix. (laughs) And then Bobby Hill has to... I I would rather watch that short. Oh, my God. (laughs) Bobby Hill has to deliver a message to Zion as fast as he can. Before everybody on the ship gets killed, which eventually happens okay, and the message gets dead. delivered. And then that's it. Abundantly, an abundant waste of time, I think. Yeah, the last two were not as strong as the first six right. shorts, or seven. Yeah, um, so I guess you could say it's six. Well, the one is two-parter. two-parter. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I really... But, but other than that, and even those were visually interesting at times, uh, this is... Really good. Yeah, I And I feel you, like man. it's probably criminally underrated. Yeah. Because barely anybody talks about it's it. It's the second best thing to come out of the Matrix. I wouldn't even mind if, like, this is how they went about this universe in the future. Like, if they made a Matrix animated series and approached it with the same level of care that this had, they'd be fine. Right. They wouldn't have to make a shitty another Matrix trilogy. Yeah, because uh, you know that that's probably going. But to see happen, this, but see it's animated, so it doesn't sell as well. And that's, that was that's the very case true. with this. That's very true. That's the case with the Animatrix Two. It was received very well critically, and then nobody but watched it. Nobody bought it. I it feel was like straight to DVD. Yes, I know. Well, 
part of what makes me think it did bad was maybe Matrix Reloaded, because it came out very soon after Matrix Reloaded. And so people obviously probably were kind of disappointed with Matrix Reloaded. No, not at the time. No? No. I feel like some people were. And that movie was fucking I think critically off. it wasn't that well received. Uh, probably not, but like sales-wise, man, it was popping oh, off. Oh, yeah, I know, because it was a sequel to The Matrix. I'm not saying sales-wise. I'm saying reception-wise from audiences. Yeah, but see, you'd think those, those same people would be interested in the Animatrix, but the issue is, because it's animated... They were all like, don't fucking touch that. That's kind of something I was touching upon earlier with the Academy Awards bullshit. Animation gets this weird stigma where it's kids shit. Yeah. Or immature or not as good as live action as a result. Even though all the biggest budget, biggest, highest grossing movies now are basically animated movies. Because they're fucking 90% CGI. Right. Aquaman is an animated movie. (laughs) Basically. Right, and people don't even think about it that way. Yeah, I know, because they're stupid as shit. Like, like fuck, dude. They... You need that live-action Lion King. Can't just watch the cartoon one. That's stupid and for kids. But there... that but that live-action one, though, ooh. There's better storytelling in the Animatrix than like, pretty much the entirety of uh, Reloaded Revelations. Uh, yeah, probably. Easily. Yeah, because it, it showed you that this is a really cool world. It, it spans the world in ways that I didn't think was possible. It gives a lot of cool new ideas, and I feel like if they explored smaller, self-contained little tidbits of this universe, they could have had some more interesting shit on their hands than what they ended up giving us. Right. But this is all we're going to get from this. It's a special project done and with a lot of creations by very special people in Japan. Talented people. Yeah. Arguably more talented than the Wachowskis themselves. I would say so, yeah. At least at but these are, crafting these are the people... interesting little stories. Yeah. The Wachowskis are talented at visuals. Yeah. For fucking sure. But yeah, but these are uh these are people that the Wachowskis took heavy influence from when they made the Matrix. And that's why this whole yeah. thing came together. And it shows it's, I would cool. say cool. It makes it cool that way. It's a very special little thing because of it. Um I wish there was more of it. Yeah, me too. I wish it like was a full fledged series, but be really neat. Because this is technically season one. Now, they, were they supposed to make a season two? Let me look. Let me do some research. Talk to the kids. Well, you know, uh, it, I because there's there's always this like talk about. Oh man, they're gonna remake the Matrix. Not remake, but like make new ones. And it's been floating around out there. I don't know if the Wachowskis are very interested. I think Keanu's down. And honestly, I'd be fine with that. Keanu's kind of himself uh, has gotten better in my eyes in recent years. He's excellent in John Wick and shit. I, I always thought of him as like a bad actor, but, it, but he's not really. Like, I, I just don't know if I care to see another trilogy of movies about Neo. I would rather see shit like this. I don't think that's going to happen, though. We're probably going to see a trilogy of movies about Neo. And it's just going to feel the same as Reloaded. Because <laughs> I don't know what you do. Have you found anything, Josby? Alright, so the reason why this is called a season uh-huh. is because these are all actually staggered releases. All these shorts? Yes. They weren't collected in one thing until... So the four... Four of the films were shown on uh, on the Matrix website. They were oh, premiered on there. 
okay. Um, the first four of them, which is uh, both parts of the second Renaissance, were shown in June of 2003. Okay. Before, uh, in early June. Before, before Reloaded? Reloaded came out. Oh. This is why I thought this, by the way. Okay. And I, I knew I wasn't mistaken that this is why. Because the, the DVD you. release was after, a month okay, later. Okay, but it was staggered release. Okay. Right. Then then Kid's Story came out on the website at, uh, in the middle of June, program at the end of June. Okay. Then the rest of them... Uh, the rest of them were uh, shown besides Final Flight of the Osiris were just on the DVD, DVD. Okay. right? Okay. The Final Flight of the Osiris, the the Wachowski one, uh, was shown in cinemas with the film Dreamcatcher. Uh, what? <laughs> As like a short before the movie started. That. Is weird as shit. Right. Are you fucking serious? Dead serious. That's a shit sandwich right there. Mm-hmm. You have a Matrix short film, and probably the worst of them all. Uh, well, nah, the Aeon Flux ass one was worse. Uh, but like that's it's an off-putting one because you're going to the theater to watch see, Dreamcatcher, right. And you see that strip segment, and you're like, "Excuse me, what's happening? Did I go to the right theater?" Uh, and then after that's done, you're unfortunate enough to watch Dreamcatcher. So <laughs> you're, you just don't have a good time that day. Yeah. The, uh, it was also, the Animatrix was also screened around in like select cinemas a week before Matrix Reloaded came out. Oh, as a whole thing? Yeah. Oh, okay. All and right. Then, so it uh, did technically come out. And then before. one day before the Matrix Reloaded released, uh, Brazilian television channel just showed the whole fucking thing. Um, <laughs> Uh, April the year after, it was shown on Adult Swim. I remember it being on Adult Swim. Yeah, I watched that. I didn't watch it because oh, I, yeah, I, uh, I was confused and turned it off and didn't really realize what it was. But I remember it a little bit now. I saw a bit of kid's story where he was like, Neo, and I was like, what the fuck? Is this Matrix? It looks weird as shit, and I didn't watch it. Yeah, I got now I regret this... that because yeah. I missed some cool shit. I, uh, my godfather showed me this because I actually didn't know it existed until after. Not until, no, I saw the... I saw the short from Zazir premiere, and my godfather showed them to me when I went to his house. He put it up on the website and showed them to me. Uh-huh. And, uh, and then after, he bought the DVD, and we watched the whole thing together. And I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It's but, good. Yeah, by that time, I was already a fan of anime. I started very young watching anime. But, uh, and so this was just, like, really cool to me, you know? Because I, I was obsessed with The Matrix. So then, seeing these... It was great, and then Matrix Reloaded happened. And I was a dumb kid, and I loved it. But now looking back, like man, and Matrix was it, man. Well, is it better than Revelations? This? No, Reloaded. Ugh, I don't know, man. We're gonna find out next week. We are bits and pieces, man. Right but we'll here talk on about the that. Gang, gang show. The Gangy and Juggy show. The fuck me in the face until I die show. That's what we're doing. We're just fucking ourselves in the faces with, until we with die. shitty sequels of weird film series over and over again until we both bleed out. God, but I hope we bleed out by the time we're done with our next thing. Well, we'll let's not talk after. about what it is yet because nope. you guys are in for a treat. If you like hearing me and Jusby be like, God, that was a bad movie. Oh, we chose a... <laughs> We chose a good one to go through. Oh, uh, fuck me. There's good movies in it, too, though, but we'll, we'll get into that. But here, we, got, we got plans for the rest of the yeah, year already. We're good. Here's the plan. Uh, next week, we are obviously doing 
Matrix. The revelations. Matrix uh, fight one Smith in a line of Smiths. <laughs> and then the week after that, we're going to watch all of the cutscenes from Enter the Matrix as like a little send-off thingy and then yeah, talk about we'll it. Yeah, we'll probably do a, uh, maybe not all, because I don't know. We, we didn't watch nearly as many movies as the Rocky and Halloween, so maybe we won't do a whole Matrix episode because there's not as much to talk about. But we'll do our rankings and all that shit. We should rank all of the Animatrix shorts individually in with the movies. Okay, I could do that. That's fine. It I, I, Reloaded is still going to be below most of them. Uh, I think so. But not the Aeon Flux one. It's going to be like the Matrix kid story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm okay with ranking them that way. It's kind of weird ranking shorts with feature films, but whatever. Uh I'm okay with that. Uh, we'll get you that in a couple weeks because we got to watch fucking Enter the Matrix cutscenes. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> Fuck that game. We'll have a little bit of like a half Matrix special. Uh, and then after that, we're going to go into our next uh, season of Gen and Chubb, if you will. Our next film series that we watch. Yep, and we're not going to tell you what that is until two weeks from now. So you got to wait. Yeah, and you're going to be disappointed. Oh, yeah. You're going just, to be disappointed in our choice. Just as disappointed as I was when Genhart presented the idea to me. Well, see, okay, <laughs> you shut up because I, I gave you a lot of choices, and I they mean... were they were all worse than this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. <laughs> like Air Bud. Like, actually, Air Bud! like, let's actually watch Air Bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still down, man. But I, I, I'm going to float this idea out there as an eventual maybe thing we'll do that Jusby does not want to do. And I kind of don't want to do it either, but I feel like it would give us good content. Oh, God. The Resident Evil film franchise. Nope. Which is six or maybe seven movies. I've seen four of them, and I think I would rather drown myself in toilet water than <laughs> watch the rest of them. I mean, I've watched a lot of bullshit in my life, so I am not opposed to it. There is... I feel like it would be an ordeal... There's but it a would line. Give us good podcast episodes, Jusby. Let me tell you, okay. There's a line that you cross with with bad material, right? Where it goes like entertaining, bad, 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 and then so bad that you're miserable, <laughs> and that's where the Resident Evil movies go. I feel like they kind of toe the line a bit. Some of them are worse. The and, first and two, just do. bad, bad. The yeah. first two do. No, I remember laughing my ass off at the first one. That laser scene is yeah. fucking impeccably but funny. But after that, it just sinks into a bottomless pit. Which one has the Wesker scene? The second one, I think. I don't think so. I think or it it's might be the third. Like three or four. Either way. That is the funniest thing put to film. <laughs> oh, it's fucking hilarious. But, <laughs> but the rest of the film is so fucking miserable that you don't even care. We're not doing it. All right, so uh, like and subscribe. <laughs> If you want us to I guess my watch the Resident Evil films. No, we're not going to do that, but you can't go into the description here and follow us on Twitter. And you can also just give me some money. Just come walk to my house and hand me a few bucks. <laughs> you know where we live because no. you probably know us if you're listening to this. Oh, man. <laughs> Our viewer base, listening base, whatever. <laughs> Is probably 12 people. Yay! Anyway, guys, hope you actually enjoyed us being entertained by a Matrix thing. Tune in next week when we're not. Okay, <laughs> bye! <laughs> well, hey, it, it you know, that happened last week, so it'll happen again. Yay! The Matrix!